Well, good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt. I'm the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship Church. I want to welcome those who are uh, watching us via video at Pike Road. We're glad you're along for the ride as well. Uh, this morning, we are continuing on. It's our second installment in our series entitled His. Inside your bulletin with this cover on it, you will find an outline of today's message. And today, we're talking about His talents. Last week, we talked about his time. Next week, we're talking about his treasures. And how are we supposed to regard things in light of the fact the Bible says that we belong to God? Today, I want to talk with you about how important it is to evaluate our talents. God has given us abilities and talents to serve him. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. So I'm going to jump right in. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And I pray that you will bless us. I thank you that your word guides us in all matters of faith and practice even how we're supposed to use our abilities and talents for your glory. So, Lord, uh, speak, Lord. Move me out of the way and teach us what you want us to know about using our talents for you. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Hey, if you need a pen to fill in the blanks, by the way, our ushers will be coming up and down the aisles, and they'll be glad to pass a pen to you. And so please take one of those so you can take some notes and and, uh, just fill in the blanks and keep up with us. Point one on your outline is this, that we belong to God, and our talents, our talents are his. I've been given talents, and so have you. And they belong to him. And where do I get that? Well, this is kind of our series verse for the whole, uh, whole message series. This is Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Would you read that verse with me, please? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. And that's why on the cover of your bulletin, you have the dog tags. We handed out some dog tags last week that you could wear around your neck if you wanted to, or you could place a little fob on your keys, because everything on the key ring belongs to him too. My car, my house, my gym membership. Well, I'm not going there, but anyway, it all belongs to him. I belong to him. So do you. That's what it says. The world and all its people belong to him. I'm not my own. Last week we talked about the fact, well, if I'm not my own, then how do I need to be using my time? I mean, it's not just my time. It's his time. It's time he's granted me. Today, we want to go another dimension on this. Well, if I've been given talents and abilities, those just aren't mine. They're the Lord's. Here's why it's important, and it's point A on your outline, because God has work for us to do. God has work for us to do. Now, if I've got talents and abilities, you'll see how that factors in a little bit. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Right next to the word us, you can write your name. God has work for John to do. Well, you can put your name there, but he does have work for me to do. And you. You may never have thought about it. There are things that God wants you to accomplish during your time here on earth. So last week we talked about you've got to manage your time. Well, we also have to manage our talents. It's also important to understand that God has uniquely shaped, shaped each of us with talents and abilities to carry out the work that he has planned for us. So the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, including me and you. We belong to him. He's given us talents and abilities. He has a work for us to do. And then he's uniquely shaped us to get the work done with talents and abilities. Isaiah 64, 8. Oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. And we are all formed by your hand. And so the Bible says that God has formed us like a potter forms clay. And he's made some of us tall and some of us not so tall. He's given some of us the ability to sing and some of us the ability to hum, okay, along. He's given some of us incredible intellect and we can read a book in two hours. And some of us, man, we struggle with things like that. 
Some of us are outgoing personalities. Some of us, boy, we'd rather meditate and think through things. All those things are part of the mix. And God made us just the way he wants us to be. You formed my inward parts. This is David, Psalm 139. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I'll give thanks to you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. And in the margin, if you'd write, God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make junk. Because some of you are sitting here thinking, well, Lord, why didn't you make me taller? Or, Lord, why didn't you make me prettier? Lord, why didn't you make me more athletic? Or, Lord, why didn't you make me like somebody else? Because God uniquely shaped me, and he uniquely shaped you for things that he wants us to do, that he prepared in advance for us to do. God has things for you to do and me to do, and he has made us in a way that we can get that done. And it's a wonderful opportunity for us to discover that. In fact, that brings us to point two. God expects us to discover how he shaped us so we can use our talents to serve others. I mean, that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, how do I know what my talents are? If I belong to God and I'm his, and so are you, and he has things for us to do, and he's given us talents and abilities, well, then we ought to discover what those talents and abilities are so we can use them. Does the logic make sense? I mean, if I'm his, okay, and he formed me, then I need to discover how he shaped me so I can use those talents uh, to serve others. Now, there's an important note here. When I use my God-given talents to serve others, this is called ministry. Using my God-given talents to serve others is called ministry. Some people do this as an occupation, like me. I'm a full-time minister. Some people do it as a part-time occupation. They're a part-time minister. Some of us do it as volunteers. But we're all in ministry. You don't have to get a paycheck. You don't have to be on the payroll or on a staff of a church or a Christian organization to be doing ministry. It's using your God-given talents to serve others. And some of us serve through technical skills. Some of us serve could use our skill for cooking. I mean, it's true. All of it can be used for God's glory if we allow him. Another note that's important right here is center point pastors equip God's people to carry out their ministries. Our staff, when we hire staff here at this church, when we hire pastors, we don't train them to go do all the ministry so you guys can watch and be the studio audience. And they didn't do that as well as last week. Mm, mm, too bad for them. That's not the way it works. At center point, we're training you to do ministry because we all have a ministry to do. I mean, if I belong to him and you belong to him, then I have a ministry and you have a ministry. In fact, the full-time people, their ministry is to equip the other people to help them do their ministry. Where do I get that idea? Ephesians 4.12, where the job of pastors and evangelists and teachers, here's what it says. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This is my job description. So part of that is this morning, but all the stuff we do all week long, this is what we're talking about. So if you and I are going to do this, a big part of discovering how we're shaped is to just kind of, there's a little acronym. I didn't come up with it, but Rick Warren, the guy who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, and it's been reissued as a book called What on Earth Am I Here For? He came up with a little acronym, S-H-A-P-E, to discover how God shaped us. It's helpful for some self diagnostics here, some self-evaluation. And I would recommend this, this on the back of your outline, the book is listed there where you can get it and kind of little bibliographical information here. But the idea behind the book is to explore what on earth am I here for? I mean, if I'm his and I have talents and abilities and want to use them, 
then I want to use them for his glory. And one of the ways that I use my talents for his glory is to serve others. That's why, that's one of the reasons I'm here. I mean, I, I want to throw this out again because I meet people a lot who just, they talk about faith in Christ as if I come to faith in Christ so I don't go to hell. I want to get saved when I die. But if that happens when I'm 20 and I live to be 80, I got 60 years of time to kill. I got nothing to do but eat and watch football. And although those two things are fun and I enjoy them both, that is not the primary reason you and I are still here. And then it's just like, oh, how do I not mess up too bad during those 60 years? Because I just want to go to heaven. I don't know why I'm standing around. Why didn't God just beam me up? I mean, I've shared this with you before. If that's really what we think, that, hey, as soon as we become Christians, then we're just waiting around, killing time until we die, then the kindest thing we could do when we baptize you is just keep holding you under. <laughs> we could baptize you and kill you and then have a funeral the next day. I mean, if it's all about going to heaven when you die, let's cut out the middleman. There's nothing for us to do. But on the other hand, if God shaped us for ministry, which he did, well, then it's terribly important that I understand this. So I make the most of the 20 years or 60 years or five years or whatever I have left in my life. So here we go. So we're going to walk through that acronym, S-H-A-P-E. First of all, God has given us the S stands for spiritual gifts. If I'm going to evaluate how God has shaped me, I need to understand that God equips people. He equips Christians in his church with spiritual gifts. Now to each one, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given for the common good. When you ask Christ to come into your heart as a Christian, he really comes in. The Holy Spirit is placed inside of you and he'll change you from the inside out. And he will supercharge parts of your life. Some things you never even knew were there. After I became a Christian, I had an undergraduate degree in engineering. I never even entered my head that I was going to be a preacher or a teacher or a pastor. I mean, doing what I do now on Sunday mornings was not why I got a degree in engineering. That wasn't where I thought I was going. But after I became a Christian, all that changed. And I discovered when I got involved in some Bible studies and other things and started explaining the Bible, people said, wow, we think God's really gifted you with that. You need to do more of that. In fact, then the first time I stood up in front of a congregation to teach, I remember it was just a small church and I had just volunteered to lead a session. Afterward, there were people lined up to talk to me afterward, and they, each one of them said, felt like God wanted me to come here and tell you, you need to do more of this. Wow. This was something he put on my heart. I didn't make it happen. And the same thing will happen to all of us in different ways. Some of us he equips for evangelism, some of us for teaching, some of us for serving, some of us for administration. He's got all kinds of gifts, some of us with wisdom, it's amazing what God can do. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. This is 1 Peter 4.10. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Well, then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Well, then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring God glory through Jesus Christ. I belong to him, and so do you. So the rest of my life now is figuring out how do I use my abilities and talents? How do I use the spiritual gifts he's put inside of me for his glory? So you need to think about that. What has God given you? And what has he been stirring in your heart to do? Wasn't that long ago, I met with a guy. He's a realtor, shows houses for a living. And he said, craziest thing. He came to see me. He said, this is the craziest thing. I, I show houses to people, but every time I go out and 
do that, it seems like couples come or other people come, I always end up praying with them and they always ask my counsel on something. I'm not a counselor and things, but it just happens and I end up praying with these people I've never even met before. I don't stir it up, I don't try to make it happen, but while I'm showing them the house, I go, can I ask you a question? You seem like somebody who might be able to give me some good wisdom. And I said, well, do you feel like you have the right answer? He goes, well, the crazy thing is I do. I seem to know exactly what to say. And I said, it's as if God has given you wisdom. Yeah, well, then you have the gift of wisdom. Oh, okay, that's the S. So here's the H. God has given each of us a heart for ministry as well. He places spiritual gifts in our lives, and he gives us a heart. These are our passions, our dreams, and even our frustrations. If you'd circle the word frustrations, one of the ways you know what your passions are sometimes is not, you might go, I don't know what I'm really passionate about. Well, what bugs the heck out of you when you see it done poorly? It's true. It's one of the ways you know your passions. That's how you'll know. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. God wants us serving with passion. He doesn't want us just going, hey, if we have a volunteer, the place we can volunteer, what's the easiest thing? What takes the least amount of commitment? I'll sign up for that. So I can get on, go home, watch football and eat, because that's why I'm here for the next 60 years. No. Hey, what, 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 do you, what gets you excited? I mean, working with kids, working with older adults, overseas missions, or homeless people right here. I mean, you'll find people on all around the spectrum. Some people want to work with the deaf. Some people want to teach kids who are future leaders and do leadership development. Some of us, man, we have a passion for evangelism, telling people about Jesus because people need to hear. Some of us have a passion for growing people up after they hear. Some of us have a passion for handing out Bibles. And some of us have a passion for teaching people to read so they can read the Bible. None of them are wrong. And God puts passions in each one of our hearts. You want to know what Paul's passion was? The Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, he said, Here's a my, here's, here was his heart. He said, my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. He was a church planner. And one of the things that excites me so much about Centerpoint is right here in Prattville, where I'm teaching from today, this is kind of the hub where we want to have a lot of extensions. We want to start those up. It's a passion that God put on my heart. I love to start up things and build things. So it's fun for me to come to work every day. What's that old saying? If you, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. Well, it's that way. What are you passionate about? And by the way, if you come to me and you, and you walk in and go, boy, something really upsets me that we're not doing this at Centerpoint, I will listen to you. And then I will, guess what I'll ask you? Would you be willing to be our coordinator for that? And a lot of times people come and go, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I, go, I go, why would I be a good coordinator? Well, you're so passionate about it. You drove over to my office and said, this needs to be done. I mean, I don't want to grab somebody off the street that goes, oh, I don't care if it gets done. I want somebody who cares a lot. So what's your heart? What are you passionate about? And we'll talk about some volunteer areas here in a little bit. What gets you excited when we even mention it? Spiritual gifts, that's the S. Heart for ministry, that's the H. Here's the third one, A. God has given each of us abilities. It's the bottom of your page there. Abilities and talents to carry out his work. A spiritual gift is something he's supercharged, but there are things, there are abilities and talents that we bring in. Some of us are just good with numbers. And some of us can fix things anytime they're broken. 
Some of us are editors. Some of you are, and you've already circled three things that I've misspelled or put in the wrong place this morning. If you have done that, then we would like for you to help us with our newsletter and our website, because we would love editors. Some of you are doing it right now. I didn't make you do it. That's just your ability. Look, I've specifically chosen Bezalel. When we were studying Exodus, we brought this up. Moses was commanded by God to build an ark, to build a portable temple, the tabernacle, all these golden lampstands and incense burners and all kinds of stuff. And, and the natural question would have been, well, God, how am I going to do that? And God said, well, don't worry about it, Moses. I've chosen a man named Bezalel. I've filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise, all kinds of crafts. He's a, manner, he's a master craftsman, expert in working with gold and silver and bronze. He's skilled in engraving and in mounting gemstones and in carving wood. If you flip your outline over, he is a master at every craft. Moreover, I've given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make the things I've commanded you to make. And this is why God does this. He brings people into this church with all kinds of talents and abilities so we can be the church he wants us to be. If that's good news to you, would you say amen? Yeah. People ask me, well, John, if you start up all these extensions, where are you going to get all the teachers? And where are you going to get all the leaders? And where are you going to get the people who are passionate for youth? And where are you going to get the people with skill to lead the singing? And where are you going to find all those people? I go, I'm not. God will. If he wants us to start an extension, he's going to bring all the right people. And he does it every time. It's amazing to watch it happen. People step up and go, I'd like to help with that. I go, well, good. And they go, you act like you knew that was happening. That was coming. I go, I did. Just didn't know who you were. So what are your abilities? What do you bring to the table? We need to evaluate that. Our staff will help you, by the way. Spiritual gifts, that's the S. Heart for ministry, that's the H. A, our abilities and talents. P, God's given each of us a personality. And some of you are thinking of somebody else going, boy, has he ever. All right? Some of us are extroverts. And we get energized by shaking hands and meeting people. Some of us are like, that's the most draining thing in the world. If you just give me a day by myself, I'm so happy. Some of us, we don't go, I mean, we don't go across town unless we've planned for it for three days. Others of us, man, it is shoot from the hip. Let's get married tomorrow, baby. Take a chance. Other people, I mean, we are people who we think through everything and it all has to be logic, logic, logic. And other people go, no, let's, let's go with how it feels and how it impacts other people. None of those things are wrong. But you understand, if you're serving here at the church, we need people to serve as greeters and other things. We do not want the introverts greeting. Hey, how you doing today? It's good to see you. Okay, that's not what we want. But there are other places where we've got things where people can serve behind the scenes. It's not a problem at all. We need people behind the scenes, people out front. Some of you would love to sing in the praise team. Well, you ought to audition for that. Our worship leaders will be glad to tell you whether you've got the gift up here or you need to play the radio. Okay, more or something, okay? We're not going to put people up here and do an American Idol thing and watch people fail. We're going to help you in whatever your gifts are. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. I mean, Jacob and Esau, one was an outdoor guy, the other liked to stay home. It's personality. We each have one. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just who we are. And so it needs to factor in. With my spiritual gifts, with my passions, with my abilities, also consider my personality. Where would I do that? And then finally, the E, S-H-A-P-E, E is God has given each of us life-changing experiences. 
You've been through experiences and so have I. God comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they're troubled, he'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. A friend of mine, I saw him again recently. He gave me his card years ago. He's a recovered alcoholic, been sober now for 23 years. He said, John, anytime you have a guy who's struggling with drinking, you have him call me. I've referred so many people to him. Who better to help somebody get away from addiction to the bottle than somebody whom God did that for 20 years ago? He can tell him, I've been where you are. Hey, when a woman comes to me and she's dealing with the fact that she had an abortion 10 or 12 years ago, I can sympathize with her and pray with her, but I've not been through that in my life. I know some women who have, strong Christian women. I refer the women the same way as I do the guys who struggle with alcohol, to some women who volunteered their services on that. And they can go meet a young woman in a crisis pregnancy or somebody else dealing with things. Oh my goodness, they can say things I could never say. They've been there. So God can use even our painful experiences. He comforts us so that we can comfort others when they're troubled. If the biggest life change in your, in your life, the biggest spiritual growth happened when you were in college, well, maybe you want to be a part of a ministry to college students. Help us develop it. You can volunteer for that here. We'll help you. We'll equip you. Glory of the young is their strength. The gray hair of experience is the splendor of the old. If you've ever wondered, is there any value to gray hair? The Bible says it's great. The value of gray hair is it means you've had more experience. You've lived longer. You've had more track time. In the last two years, I know what it's like to lose my mom and my dad and one of my best friends. In the last two years. And it's changed the way I approach things when I minister to people. I have a new empathy for people when they lose a parent or a best friend. Doesn't mean I, didn't involve, I wasn't involved with funerals and helping people through grief before, but I have a new understanding now because my experience level has changed. Does this make sense to everyone? Well, serve where God has given you experiences. And so if you put all of these things together, then... That helps you discover who you are. Now, here's the next point. Point three, God expects us not only to understand who we are and kind of factor all those things in, he expects you and me then, I bring my shape to the equation and you bring yours. He expects us to use our talents together as the body of Christ. Together. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has its own special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts in one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God's given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage each other, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. I mean, and leadership, like that one, lead seriously. Some of you could step up and be connect group leaders this next year. In January, we'll train you, we'll equip you. And if God has given you a leadership ability, your heart will be beating fast, even as I mention this. I need to do that. That's God pushing you. He may have already frustrated you because you go, they don't have enough leaders here. Why don't they have more leaders? Where are they going to find them? Well, maybe that's because you're one of the people to help answer the problem. Wish they had an extension in my city. I'm driving 45 minutes each way just to get here. Okay, let us know. 
That's how we get these groups started who help us form these extensions. Where do they find those people? God finds them. We just equip them. Does this make sense to everybody? So what we've done, inside your bulletin, there's something else here. And if I had to ask you to take these other two pieces out, and this is something we've been distributing every week here. But we have ministry opportunities for 2014, and we have a Connect card. On the back of the Connect card, it lists places for each of us to serve. Inside this little ministry opportunity brochure, the same exact list appears with a job description of what we're asking people to do and how long it would take. We want each of you to volunteer for one thing on the card, one time a month. Now, if you volunteer for two, that's fine. If you volunteer for 10, then you need to go back and listen to last week's message on time because you didn't get any of it, okay? You don't have time for that, and we don't want you to. You're just going to clog it all up. If you do all the jobs, if a handful of us do all the jobs, then nobody else can play. We want everybody to play. If we get hundreds and hundreds of people participating, by the way, the work is easy. We only have to do this once a month. And so we'd ask you to carefully look through this list and prayerfully search on this list where you'd volunteer one time a month. On the front side, then all you need to do is put your name and your email and your phone number, and we'll make sure we get you signed up. We want people to serve every year. We do this in November. We started this last year, and we want to hope to do this every year. People will commit for one year. How many years do I have to do this, John, the rest of my life? No. Just volunteer for something for one year. So it'll be 12 times this next year. What if I don't like it? Well, then the following year, in 2015, do something else. Try it out. And if you absolutely hate it halfway through or you're just terrible at it, then come see us and we'll help you. We're not, we're not going to make you serve in a place that you're terrible. You won't enjoy it and neither will anybody else. So we'll help you with this. But we need you to sign up. And some of you are ready to do that today and we'll give you the ability to do that today in just a minute. Two more points very quickly. God expects us to have good attitudes when using our talents for his glory. Okay, I'm his. He's placed me on this earth. He's given me talents and abilities, and he has a job for me to do. So I need to discover how he shaped me and use my life for his glory. I also need to know how I fit in with other people inside this church so they can use their gifts alongside mine, alongside mine and then like a body where one of us is, sees things can be the eye and somebody else can hear things can be the ear and the hands can do things. We coordinate together. This is what God wants. Well, it's also important then to understand that we need to do this with the right attitude. Here are a couple of verses regarding attitude. One day, the disciples were arguing about which of them would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and so Jesus sat them all down. Guys, well, I added the guys part, but it picks up there. You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their, their authority over those under them. But among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you, remember if you have leadership ability, take it seriously. If you want to be a leader, then you must be a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, and Jesus is speaking about himself here, came not to be served, to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you know clearly what your position is on this card, that is not something to boast and brag about and think you're a big deal. Say, I know what I'm called to do, and I want to work together with other people called to, called to what they're, I mean, who are fulfilling what they're called to do. Live in harmony with each other. Romans 12 continues this thought. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, and don't think you know it all. Please underline that last part. Don't think you know it all. Hey, I'm part of the, the solution. Good for you. Somebody else is too. 
doesn't make me more important than you or smarter than you. It just means I'm part of the solution and part of God's body, Christ's body, and so are you. Let us not become weary in doing good. At the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. That's the other thing. I'm volunteering for this once a month. I don't know if this is making any difference. Well, this is a long-term investment. And taking care of kids in the preschool ministry downstairs here at the hotel or at the, you know, at the YMCA at um, Pike Road. I mean, the volunteers there, they're doing a great thing. And there are kids who are going to come to Christ through a children's ministry. It'll change the trajectory of their whole life. And change me, too, as I'm volunteering. You, too. We just don't need to give up if we don't see an immediate difference right away. And finally, point five on your outline, God expects us to make the most of the talents we've been given. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. This is Jesus. Hey, if you've been given a lot of talents and a lot of abilities and you're saying, well, I don't know if I ought to get involved, here's the answer. Yes, you should. I mean, if you're visiting with us here today and you're going, well, I'm not a part of your church, well, get involved at the church where you live or the church you're already a part of. This is true for Christians everywhere. We're just helping people figure out how to do it together here at Centerpoint. We're just a church. And we'd love for you to be involved. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Hey, if you have questions about this, I love it when people email me or call me and say, can I come and talk to you or one of the staff about where to serve? I, I can't tell you how much I love that. So I'm going to ask our worship team to come up here this morning. And this morning, we just want you to have some time um, right now to pray about this. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer and look this over. If you already know where you want to serve, you just want to re-up, you can do this today. We have some crosses up front with some baskets here. You can bring this card this morning. And we'd like to challenge you, if you're ready to do that, just to bring it forward this morning. If you have questions about it and say, I'm not ready to do this, we have a table on your way out. It's got the dog tags on it. You can pick up one of these tags if you didn't get one last week. You can pick one up and you can talk to myself or other people. We'll be out there at that table on, our way out, on your way out today so that you can uh, interact with us if you have questions. So I'm going to have a word of prayer. And then as we um, are singing to the Lord a song of worship, um, I'm going to, uh, at all of our locations, we're going to ask you um, to turn these cards in. For the folks at Pike Road, Don's going to give you instructions on how you're supposed to get that done as well. Let me have a word of prayer for us, please. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today, and I thank you that um, we have opportunities to serve. I thank you that as a church we can work together and use our talents and abilities to serve you. Lord, without um, your direction, where would we go? Lord, I can't reach the world by myself. I can't feed all the hungry by myself. I can't take care of all the counseling needs or Lord, there's just a million things that need to be done. But the good news is, Lord, you've brought us all together so we can do this as a body, as your body. So, Lord, I pray that you will guide us. I pray that we'll volunteer where you want us, and we'll get going. Lord, I know of no better way for people to grow spiritually than to exercise the muscles you've given them and get busy. And so, Father, I pray that we will serve you. Help us discover how you shaped us. Help us understand how you want us to serve side by side. And help us not get discouraged when things don't happen right away. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as we're singing this.